Hi everybody, it's Pete Oliver. Welcome to the Emerge On Purpose podcast. This podcast is for sales reps and managers who want to become better leaders. Each show, we'll talk about a different leadership principle that will help sales reps and managers emerge on purpose. What's up, everybody? Happy Q4. Our theme for quarter four is the top five reasons deals don't close. So we're going to examine the five most common reasons that stall our deals as we're aiming to close the year strong. So Pete and I are going to dissect each one of these, talk about how do they appear within your teams? What are the symptoms? Uh, what are the main challenges of them and of them and what you can do about it? What are the actual tactics that you can take and steps, especially from a leadership perspective, where you can bridge the gap, really taking a look at current state and moving to ideal state. So the first one we're going to tackle is we focus on our timeline, not theirs. So perhaps, Pete, you want to just give us a general overview of that challenge. What is the, if you could summarize that in two, three sentences, what's the challenge there? Yeah, I, this one's fun. I, I actually, we can be a little lighthearted here, but I, I think sometimes, and obviously not with our listeners, but other salespeople, they, uh, they may believe the world revolves around them. Like they're the son of the sales universe and everything just happens because it's when they want it to happen for the reasons why they want it to happen. Those are the types of reps that say like, I need to convince my client to give me the thing by the end of the month. Well, why? Because, well, they want it because their, their boss is asking them to get it uh, because it's their end of quarter because it's their end of year. And Sometimes that can be a compelling enough reason, especially if the client knows they have leverage over the situation, which basically means they're able to leverage what you want versus you being able to leverage what they want and need. So what do we want to do here? We want to focus on the client's timeline, not our own. That's, it seems kind of obvious. The world is not us, but when, when we enable our clients to make decisions for their reasons and we know why, Maybe they didn't even know why to begin the process, but after they realized that there is a pending event, whether it's because they're in pain now or they're worried about a future risk and, and, and we can get there, then we can get the deal on their timeline, which may even be quicker than what we thought our timeline was in some cases. Okay. So we focus on their timeline. So why is this so challenging um, as a sales rep, as a leader, when you are pushing, right? You want to finish the year strong. You have numbers you want to hit. I'm sure listeners are saying, okay, yeah, that's, that sounds uh, like something we, we struggle with. How does it specifically appear within a, a team? What are you seeing when, where you would say, okay, yeah, this is, this is a problem I need to address with, within the team or within a handful of individuals? Yeah, it can manifest itself in different ways, especially in a year and a quarter. It, it, sometimes we might have a scarcity mindset because our pipeline is anemic. And in the beginning of the quarter, we start forecasting deals we shouldn't have forecasted to begin with. And we kind of get behind this, this terrible ball rolling downhill and we, we have to stay ahead of it. So we, we, we basically keep saying, well, 
I'll find a way to make it come in. I'll find a way to make it come in. And so sometimes it's because we have an anemic pipeline. Sometimes it's because we just have this overwhelming belief that our stuff is so good. They're just going to buy it by the end of the quarter, regardless of knowing we say on our calls at Hope Island, we get on Hope Island and we're like, well, this is going to happen. I know it's going to, they like me. So we, we start leveraging the likability factor when we really ought to be effectively qualifying. And I think when you think about what makes a good forecast, one of them is having a really clear understanding of timeline. It's just, it's just one of those things that makes for a good forecast. And it's one of the top five reasons. Yeah. Hope is a, a an addictive drug, right? So staying off of Hope Island and doing what's within your control to make sure that you're not pushing too hard, but you're also maintaining that equal business stature. You're on the same side of the, the table. Uh, so if you can move the deal forward and pull some of those levers, you can do it, but that's because you've set that up along the way. Right, right. So let's let's just take stock of a deal. So let's pretend you're a sales manager and you're you're doing a forecasting conversation, which by the way, one of the mistakes sales managers make is a forecasting discussion is really not a coaching conversation. Why? Because the reps don't feel safe because it's they're almost in some cases feeling like they're getting interrogated. It's inspection time. It's it's really a supervisor conversation to make sure the forecast is accurate. And a lot of times that's where managers start and stop. They can never bridge from that supervisor discussion to a coaching discussion. So what does that mean? It means that supervisor is inspecting current state, but a coach is going to impact ideal state. So what has to happen in order for us to do that effectively? Well, number one, the rep needs to feel safe. Okay, number two, the rep needs to be the one driving the coaching conversation. Like the rep needs to basically come to the manager in a safe environment and say, I'd like to strategize about how I can get this deal in. I think I have some blind spots I need to deal with. Okay, and that's how a coaching conversation works. So we want to find a way to make sure that the reps feel like they can have that conversation. And it can't be an inspection supervisor discussion. It just can't because they're going to be in justification mode the whole time. They're, they have to somewhat be vulnerable about knowing that there's a gap. Okay. And that's really what we want to establish. So that has to feel like a strategic coaching conversation from the start. Yeah, all too often when the supervisory hat is on during those conversations, it's those like uh, the rep is waiting for the the gotcha moment. Like as soon as you're reviewing a deal or. I knew this deal was BS. I knew it. I gotcha. Yeah, Yeah, right. Exactly exactly right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's how do you promote that psychological safety to your point, and um, and that's a whole other you know setting up the a coach's contract and upfront contract and those questioning strategies. That's a whole other uh, topic that we can tackle um, yeah. before you yeah. even enter it. Um, okay, so once you have the gap, uh, and hopefully you've pr- promoted that area that 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 um, environment where you're on the same side of the table with your rep just like you're trying to be with uh, your your uh, prospect, your client. So then what do you do? You've got the gap. Um, 
And so what are some of the things that you can do about it? Like you're assessing a couple things and then you're trying to figure out a game plan to go forward. Yeah. So let's, let's leverage a little acronym here. So the acronym is called CIGAR. Current state, ideal state, gap, action, recap. Okay. This, this should be an outward strategy that you can leverage with your reps to, to create a plan that extends beyond current state. So let's say that the upfront contract talks about, hey, we've got a bunch of deals we got going on in the quarter. There's likely some gaps in qualification that we want to address. When we look at this one specific deal, in your mind, what do you feel like you need to go clarify with the client? And they're going to they're gonna come, if they have some intellectual humility and they're not on Hope Island, they're always going to wish that they had more qualification done than they actually have. This is just a common thing with pretty much every deal out there. Even if you do know it, there's a timeline associated for when you found out what you think you knew and then time passes. So we, we have to know that we need to always be qualifying. So then the rep says, yeah, I, you know, I'm not clear on why they want the thing or why they would want the thing done by the end of the year. Like, I'm not clear on that. So that might be the gap, right? So that's your current state. Your ideal state is you know why they would care. You know what the pending event is. You know what their timeline is and why that's their timeline. So then the question is, okay, well, what am I going to do about it? Okay. So when you have a, a, a selling language that is extremely clear, and it could be a forecasting methodology, okay? A lot of our clients are leveraging forecast methodologies that layer like dance, like medic, all of which are great. But then the big question is, okay, now that I know I have a gap in whatever forecast methodology I use, how do I actually go find out? That's really what we need to get to. Okay. So Lindsay, any guesses? Like, let's pretend you're a, you're a rep and I'm a manager and, and we're working through this challenge about selling on our timeline versus the clients and you're open to coaching. Okay. And you've realized that there's, there's probably some gray area there with why the client would want it to be done by the end of the year. So what would you do as a rep if, if that was the case? What well, might be a good idea that you might want to go do with your client? Well, depending on what I knew, if I actually knew the timeline, but maybe I didn't really know the why behind it, like why the when. Um, so depending, if I first need to know the when, I got to go find out the when. That's first and for, foremost so I can figure out why the when. Uh, so then probably going back and saying, okay, have I earned the right to ask those questions? What's the right timing to ask those questions? Those would be a couple of things that would be popping into my head. The when and the yeah. why the when. Love it. And I do, I do believe so in there's, there's ways to create a lot less friction when you're going through your qualification process with your clients. And we always tout the fact that when you're in the decision step and you're trying to understand how a client's going to make a decision, you feel like you're a newspaper reporter, but the reporter, if they don't ask the questions in the right way, it's going to feel like an interrogation. Like as an example, like if the first question you ask is, are you the decision maker? It's like amateur salesperson question number one, which of course the client's going to be like, yeah, of course I'm the decision maker. And you learn nothing new. So we want to go to the when and the why the when first. So after you've established pain, 
and you know this is a, a budgeted project, then you're going to want to get into the decision step and you're going to want to start with the when and the why the when, right? We'll get into the other things during the other top five. But for now, that's what we're focused on is selling on the client's timeline. So imagine this studio, okay? I've got lights up there. I've got a circle light over here. When you're going through the pain step, you're shining a light on the problem. And if you do it right, you're going to have business outcomes. You're going to know what it's costing them to not fix the problem. What you might not get is the relationship of the timing related to the pain. So imagine you turn on a different light. You're seeing the problem from a different angle because you're shining a different light on it. That's why we ask the why, the when, because the whole goal is to see pain from a different perspective. I mean, there's a lot of talk about these, these black spots on the sun. Well, you can't see them in normal light. You have, to, you have to basically wait till dusk and then use a special camera to be able to see it. Sometimes that's what happens in a sales process where you're looking at this problem, but you don't know why they actually care about the timeline. So you're going to have to get it from a different angle, turn on a different light. And that's that's why we go when and why the when. So how do they ask the question? What does the when question sound like if you find the right timing or the why the when? Is there a certain phrases that uh, make it seem less interrogation, more comfortable, more natural? Because I think that that's where so often we get tripped up. It's like, okay, yeah, I can figure out when to ask, but then how do I actually ask and have the gut like, okay, I'm going to build up the guts to actually finally ask, how do I say it in a way that makes both parties comfortable? Yeah. What's kind of cool about that cigar acronym is there's an action step, right? Now I would, I would say there's probably two, there's probably one A and one B inside of the action step. Sure. So one A might be a role play might be a role play. And we're talking the same language, right? So Lindsay, if I was going to wind up a role play here and you were the rep and I was the manager, I might say, I'm curious, is there a Sandler technique that you think might apply here where you can ask the question in a certain way to get, get some truth? What would you, what would you think you might want to do? Yeah, I would say definitely some okay, not okay there. Uh, Love it. How would that sound? Something like, uh, I should probably know this, but I don't. I think that what you're doing too is showing leaders how even through a role play, you can like play through the movie, right? Like you're playing like snip by snip of, hey, like, yeah, that was great. You used okay, not okay. You asked before, you know, I should probably know this, but I don't in this sense, right? So it's not, whatever they say to you isn't going to be, it might not be the, the right way, but if, they, you know, give them props for the right things that they're doing. And then, you know, how do you coach them on, okay, well, maybe you missed this element a little bit. And that's where the magic starts happening. It, it, it does. And if you like, let's just say there's three types of sales leaders. Okay. Sales leader, number one, never get out of supervisor role and they get a gotcha. Deal. You don't actually know what their timeline actually is. And you don't know why they care. You don't have a pending event. Go figure that out. And then that's the end of the conversation because they got the gotcha and they move on to the next person. They're going to go try to get gotchas on. Okay. That's sales manager. Number two, they're, they're the super rep. They're like, say it like this mm -hmm. because they're good and they know how they would say it. But what does the rep learn if they're just hearing how the manager would say it? Sales leader. Number three, 
sets it up, lets the rep work through what's going on, and then coaches them to a place where they're comfortable with having the words come out in, in their language for their reasons, right? So that's what we want. We want to be able to coach through these top five reasons, not simply play supervisor or not play super rep, you know? So, but Lindsay, that was great. I loved it. Your tone was great. You didn't rush it. You went not okay. You got some truth. And you were working to the why, the when, which was great. So like. Yeah. Hey, and if nerves come into play when asking these questions, it's the struggle on purpose, right? You're actually struggling a little bit but the not okay is coming through, even though it's maybe not intentional. And so it just shows that you're a human being. I think that we forget in these tense situations as we're dealing with a lot of money and a lot of end users that like, this is just another human being on the, in, on the end. And they will, if we uh, have, have earned the right, they will answer these questions. They, they do expect you to ask these types of questions. Um, so it's just figuring out the nuance and the art of it a little bit. Good. So what did Lindsay and I just do? We just went right into the recap. Okay. This is a 15 minute, 20 minute coaching conversation. We defined the gap because we know current state, ideal state. We did the action around the role play. And then we recapped what, what we got out of it and what we're going to change. The only thing left in the recap is the commitment to go ask the client the question. And then, then you're off. If that's where you feel like you've got a blind spot with your qualification then this this is a way to work through actually how am i going to go ask the question right the, the only other thing I'll, I'll say too is the selling process is definitely linear so and it does follow trust truth pain power so what's power mean power means that you know who's going to do it why they're going to do it then and then are they willing to go put the money up to do it? Like that whole power thing doesn't really happen effectively unless you've got trust, truth, and pain first. So if Lindsay had the trust in it and she's earned the right to ask these truth-based questions, but, and that's, that's why it's going to work, right? Like a lot of times when you're a leader and you're doing role plays with your team, whoever's doing the role plays somebody will 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 kind of be the tough the tough person and they'll they'll start clamp basically clamming up and, and not offering any advice on what's going on i always have to stop the role players in that situation and be like this is not a trust building role play you have to assume you already have trust so you Correct. can get through and in this case if we're going off a decision step you also have to assume you have pain Sure. So that's something to keep in mind too. And I loved how you said in the role play, just, just, let's fast forward all the other stuff we already did. Well, what mm -hmm. is that? We, we built trust. We set expectations appropriately. We found pain. And now we're in the decision step. So it's okay to do that. It's okay to, to know that you did all that because we're not role playing the whole sales process. Yeah. We're simply role playing the context of understanding the client's decision step in the context of where we are with everything else we've already done. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. That's why I like thinking of it as like movie scenes. It's like fast forward to the part where you need to get to um, replay it, or then you have to rewind and then go back. Like it's, it's a great way to look at it scene by scene. 
as a leader uh, and kind of dictate how you can get to the meat or the root of the the reason. And this is and this reason that a deal might not close with the timeline. There you go. The partially that's why I love Sandler so much is because it's it's not an acronym. It's a process that starts with hello, how are you, and goes all the way to we have a, a raving fan. Yep. And those steps happen in order a lot of times. And in this particular case, it's probably good to know their timeline before you think you're going to get the deal closed because that would have happened prior. There you go. Yeah. I mean, hey, systems step-by-step -step work in uh, most areas in life. So why wouldn't it apply to sales, especially a complex one? So um, that's one of five ones. You've got four more. Can't wait for the do. next one. We do. Are you responsible for building a robust pipeline and hitting a monthly quota? Or perhaps you're responsible for the team that needs to do so. Do you feel stuck on how to connect the dots? We at Sandler Sailfish excel at the how-tos in sales and sales management. Book a discovery meeting with us today. A discovery meeting is a simple exchange of information to determine fit. A discovery between two parties, nothing more. We've helped thousands of purpose-driven sales leaders just like you to shorten sales cycles, consistently meet sales forecasts, and roll out proactive business development behavior plans that work. Go to sailfish.sandler.com backslash book a call or scan the QR code on your screen. Until then, keep climbing.